Yes. Two of our favorite things. And sometimes it's not quite ghosts, but paranormal stuff. Oh, is oh, what a tip of the hat. Aha, foreshadowing. Paranormal stuff. I love it. Well, listen, we have to talk about our sponsors because um, we got to get paid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Noelle, what you drinking? Uh, Well, they're not my sponsor because we don't have any yet. Oh. Um, But, you know, we're we're holding out. Um, I am drinking Gesto's Moldeck plus Malbec. I don't know what that means. Sounds like a lot of Malbec. It's a double dose of Malbec. Oh. It's weird because it's got like, I don't. It's got a graph. It's got a graph. Something. So I don't know I if really they're like it. different, like from different regions. regions. The, uh, Argentina. Different grapes. Don't know. Some are in the mountains and some are in the not mountains. I see it. You see that? Yeah. I yeah. love me a Malbec. So good. You want to try it? Uh, I just yeah, opened it, I so I like it's, mm-hmm. it's a little, it needs to air a little, but it's very nice. This uh, is a nice glass. Thank you. Um, I have th- to do a little sniff <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'm doing this like it's a wine tasting, forgetting that this is a podcast. Whatever. Uh, why don't you vamp while I uh, So, yeah, uh, I purchased this at uh, Trader Joe's, um, which is where I like to purchase a lot of my oh. wine. They have a... It's delicious. It's very good. Weren't they, like, allegedly making wines out of bugs? That was a thing, yeah, that came out. I mean, I don't buy their the two buck chuck because it. Oh, tastes, that's what it was. It tastes like bugs. It tastes terrible to me. Um, in <laughs> this a, is real wine. This is real wine that their wine buyer tastes and purchases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't had this one before, but I'm a fan. Gestos Malbec plus Malbec, whatever that means. Wonderful, and I'm being sponsored today by uh, Founders All Day IPA. It's a session ale. And it is so delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't go wrong with a uh, all-day IPA. Nope. You really can't. So, um, Noelle, you are going to terrify us this evening. <laughs> this dark and stormy evening. This dark. Yes, there's a storm of brooding. A brewing? <laughs> and a brooding in the corner. Yeah. Get over here, storm. <gasps> also, we should see it. Oh, my gosh. Can we go see it together? Yeah, it opened today. Yeah, it opened. We're not releasing this for, like, another couple days, but, um, yeah, we should go. I was going to... We were going to do the It experience when we were in L.A. We, so they had a pop-up, um, like, a pop-up haunted house of the It house in L.A. in Hollywood, and, um, we were going to go. Yeah. Because it was free, and, I mean, I would have paid to go, too, but there was a two-hour wait, so we're like, nope. Here's the thing. There's a line. I really, I, I scoped it out earlier, and... I wanted to go, and then I was too afraid to go, uh-huh. but I didn't tell you that. And then Noelle was like, oh, man, it's sold out. And then I like, literally like heaved a huge sigh of, like, just a sigh of relief, and I was like, thank God. Well, but then my friend my friend Roth was like, meet us at the It House, and let's try to go in, because they are doing walk-ins. And I was like, awesome. And then we got there, or he sent us a text before we got there yeah. of the line, and he was like, two hours. And we were like, forget it. Yeah. And then I was a little pouty about it. But I would have gone. You know um, me. I always say I'm not going to. I always say. Right. Yeah. Well, and Jay was very kind um, because people who were going like as singles, they were letting scoot through the line faster to like fill groups up. And she's like, well, do you want to go by yourself? And I was like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. I need I need somebody I know that I can like grab onto. Yeah. And like, you and know. I'm very stable. It's weird because I'm terrified in haunted houses, mm-hmm. but you've been through them with me. I'm probably right. one of the most stable people to go through a house with. Yeah, totally. 
My favorite person, though, to go through uh, a haunted house with is our friend Anne. Um, oh, I've never been with her. I imagine she screams like crazy. She giggles. Oh, okay. And she's got, like, the cutest little voice already. And yeah. she just kind of, like, she just kind of giggles at things. And she, like, um, we went we went with her and her husband a few years ago. And, like, she just kind of, like, crouched through the whole thing and was, like, like, and then, like, would giggle at things but was, like, totally spooked out and just the most adorable person to go with. It was awesome. Um, we should do that again. Hey, Anne, let's do that again this year. Yeah. It's been too long. I've never been with you. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's super fun to go with them. But it was it was one of those weird things where I was like, I, I was like, well, I really don't. It was the first thing that ever terrified me. Yeah. And so it was on television, I think, when I was in eighth grade. Um, and I, like, couldn't sleep for three weeks. It, um... Well, and I... Re- I have no idea if it would scare me now or not. I don't have... I used to have very profound, like, mm-hmm. claudophobia. Yeah. That I don't have as much anymore. Same here. Um, and I think... But I used to not be able to look at a clown or be in a room... If, like, if you had, like... Not that you would, because who would? Because that's crazy. But if you had, like, a clown, like, anything, like a clown candle holder or clown, like, toy, I would be like, get that. Yeah. Away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've outgrown it, too. Yeah. I still know people that can't handle it. Uh, Neil just did the... Our friend, Neil Arsenti, friend of the show, just um, booked a Not Scary Farm commercial. It is horrifying. And he plays a scary clown. I just actually uh, played the video for um, a friend of ours last night. And it doesn't look anything like Neil. No, it doesn't. Because when we were in L.A., he sent me a picture of him like in makeup. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And you were like, no, thank you. Um, it's horrifying. So if you're on the West Coast and you see a scary clown commercial, that's our friend Neil. Yeah. Um, for not very much farm. lovelier in person. Much, much lovelier in person. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. when he's in terrifying clown makeup, it, he he looks like not a nice right. uh, you will entity. Re- right. You will remember Neil from the Iroquois Theater. Yep. Disaster fire. Yep. Um. Yeah. Chicago's very own. Chicago's very own Neil Arsenti. Uh. Yeah. The, so the movie it. Um. I was gonna go by myself on Monday, but I'll I can wait till you get back. I guess. You can go um, by yourself on Monday. I might go twice. Oh. I it, that book is one of the scariest books I've ever read. Do you remember when I talked to the the actor in the raincoat? Yeah, and he was weird. Yeah, except for he seemed to break character and not be weird anymore. Right. He was he was struggling. It probably was a very long day for him. Yeah, because like I was like he was trying to be all creepy and I wasn't right. I mean, I I was like son dare I say I probably looked like, I don't know. He probably thought I was Drew Barrymore, the way that I just looked so happy and just <laughs> sun-dappled from my amazing adventures. And so uh, he was trying to scare me, and it just wasn't working, and then we just started talking. Meanwhile, I looked completely strung out with bags under my eyes and, like, <laughs> just needed a drink. We just had different experiences. Where's the bar in this thing? Yeah, I think I yeah. spent the day in, like, Santa Monica. <laughs> You did. And, and I was I'm, interviewed somehow by Australian television. I'm going to tell... Uh, yes, that's right. I'm going to tell this really quick story, and then we're going to hop into my thing. So um, I get back from work to the <laughs> hotel room, and Jay gets back from her amazing Santa Monica adventure day, and I am exhausted. It's just been a week. And I'm like, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to watch Chris Hayes. And Jay's like, da 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 I'm like... I'm going to need you a minute. Yeah. 
I'm going to, she's like, should we go now? And I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch my boyfriend, Chris Hayes, uh-huh. tell me some politics and then we can go. And, I get that though. Yeah. Did I leave you alone? You did. And it was oh. amazing. You were like, okay. And then we just sat and we watched him. Oh, we sat together? I mean, yeah, we're in the same room, yes. <laughs> no, I Do you remember? Like, oh, well, yeah. no, because... Um, I think you was... took a phone call at one point. Okay, because I did go down to the uh, pool area for quite some time. So I didn't no, 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 this was... Was, that was a different time. Okay, yeah. But, Listen, yeah, I was... you were very respectful, because I was like, okay. I'm going to need a minute. I, You know, happiness was just pouring out from every... You had a great time. I I mean, I looked like an angel sent from heaven the way I was so happy. And poor Noelle, I just drove her crazy. You had a great time. and um, Because we usually are so compatible in terms of personality. I know. And it was just... every single time you look at me, my smile was like (laughs) bigger than like the fucking Grand Canyon. And you would just look at me with like like squinty eyes and kind of be like, fuck you. I'm so tired. And I was like, this is amazing. But then we, that night was the night we went and saw this wonderful drag show at Hamburger Mary's. <gasps> you guys, I saw Pandora Box. Yes, we saw Pandora Box together. Yeah. Um, she wasn't as exciting as... Shut your mouth. I mean, there was... No, she wasn't, you're right. There were some her. others that I think outshined. Uh, yeah, outshined. I, I agree. But um, she walked in late and I think she'd already performed. I, oh, of course. Yeah. She, her second number was really great. You don't even remember her first one, which is really funny to me. It was that forgettable. Oh, well, there was an older lady who, uh, she was 63, high kicking, right? 63, 60, high kicking, kickin'. incredible. On credible. Like I can't do it right uh, now. No. <laughs> she rocked my socks off yeah, she and did. she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And Wendy Ho, who was a friend of your friends was hosted. Well, Wendy Ho, a friend of my, oh yeah. Like a, we have a mutual friend, uh-huh. mutual friends. She is a female drag queen. Yeah. She was great. Um, she is incredible. Funny. I, very, very funny. And she sings for real. She sings for real. She writes her own music. They're like spoofs of um, popular songs. So mm-hmm. she's like the Weird Al Yankovic of dr- female so drag. drag queens. Um, delightful. Like, she was the MC and she was amazing. Yeah, she was nice. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny because they had been talking about her. And then they were like, your host tonight is Wendy Ho. Uh-huh. And our friends were like... We didn't even know she was doing this tonight. Oh, I thought they knew. I thought, they, was, no. I thought that's why they we were there. They didn't know. Well, listen, I was so busy glowing um, like a star sent from above, <laughs> <laughs> hitting the Earth's atmosphere. Right. That I, I couldn't I couldn't be fucked to pay attention to anything. Right. And I was like, hey, barkeep, just make sure this beer is never empty. For me? For me. Oh. You weren't drinking beer? I was drinking beer that night. My God. Yeah. Yep. What was wrong with you? I Sometimes I drink beer. You no, know you don't. No, I sometimes I do. When I'm out, like, at a place like that, I drink beer. Okay, great. I don't want to fight ever again. I don't want to, like, sully Hamburger Mary's, because, you know, I love them so much. But <laughs> I'm not going to order a glass of wine there. That's I all have I'm to saying. Say, yeah, no, word. I have to say that. So we were, hang- we were going to, um, okay, so we were hanging out with one of Noel, Noel, blah, I don't know why I'm saying your name like that. One of Noel's friends in L.A., and he was like, how do you feel about Hamburger Mary's? And I was like, uh. And I'm like, I love it. I love yeah, to go there. Yeah, had explained that they were shut down by the health. Um, for like inspe- a, for a day. Okay. But they, <laughs> they were shut down in Chicago by the health inspector twice for ants. I mean, ants happen. I've had ants in several apartments that I've lived they in. Had in Chicago. They had ants. I was there one time and I had an ant in my water. Okay. How desperate does an well, ant have to be to, to commit suicide? I, 
You're not very smart. What did the aunt think he was going to get um, in my water? I love Hamburger Marys, and I won't. Well, uh, listen, I was happy to see that Wendy Ho and Pandora Box, and so I was very excited. And their Hamburger Marys is so different than ours. Yeah, it's huge, and it's... Um, no, I feel like ours is huge. You think ours is huge? No. Well, it's got, like, three... It's Oh, that way. But, like, the main dining room is pretty small. We don't need to have this conversation. <laughs> Let's talk about the paranormal. All what right. are we doing? Okay. Today, I want to talk about the exorcism of Roland Doe. Um, you don't know Roland Doe. You have no idea who this person is because it's not his real name. And even if I tell you his real name, you'll be like, who? You're just looking at me. I've already prepared Jay that she's going to have to hold it in because she can't handle demon stuff. You guys, she told me I couldn't talk. (laughs) I didn't say you couldn't talk, but I was like, you're going to have to exhibit some restraint on this one because you're going to want to argue me on things. You're going to have a lot of opinions. I buttoned my lip and I showed I showed that to you in object work. Okay, great. <laughs> so I'm being respectful. All right. So Roland Doe, real name Robbie Mannheim, was born in 1935 um, and uh, born into a German Lutheran family uh, during the 1940s. His family lived in Cottage City, Maryland. Oh. Um, sounds really nice. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Quaint. Um, in the, when he was 14 years old... Some weird things started happening to to young Roland. Uh oh. Um, I'm gonna call him I'm gonna call him Robbie moving forward because that is his real name. So Robbie had an aunt Harriet, who um, I had an aunt Harriet. Did you? Mm-hmm. Was she a spiritualist? She was not. Oh goodness, no. But I would have really enjoyed that so much. Yes, because Robbie's was. Oh oh well. Um, yeah, I know, right? Um, I mean, I think foreshadow because he had to have an exorcism that it wasn't necessarily looking him. But it, it didn't work out well. I would have really enjoyed for a spiritualist to be in my family. Listen, I watched a couple of documentaries. We're mostly Anglican. Okay. <laughs> uh, I watched a couple of documentaries on this uh, earlier and one of them, they do, they both have several reenactments. Um, but uh, the second one, um, which is called In the Grip of Evil. Uh, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. I'll get to that later. Uh, they, the way they like portray this woman is like everything I want to be when I get older. Mm-hmm. Like she looks like kind of witchy, but like classy. Like Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I'm I shouldn't kidding. say witchy. Like she looks like a spiritualist. Like she's got this look about her, yeah. but she's like got some class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love everything about you. Cheekbones. Yeah. She looks awesome. Great. Uh, so I aspire to have uh, cheekbones. <laughs> When I get old. <laughs> You'll get them someday. Someday Noelle I'll Schmidt. grow into my cheekbones. Um, so Aunt Harriet introduced Roland to, or I'm sorry, Robbie, into the Ouija board. Oh, we are. We are. Um, and after she left the first time, some strange things began to happen. Uh, there was one night where um, his parents went out and, and grandma was there babysitting and some fruit flew off the table they heard some scratching noises, you know, typical things that happen you know. when you contact the dead from yeah. a Ouija board. Sure. So uh, then Harriet dies and Robbie is... But if you're a spiritualist, you don't die. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you die, but you... You hang around. You hang around. Stay tuned. Um, Robbie is devastated. Of course. Because it's, they say that he didn't have... Um, he didn't have a lot of, like, playmates when he was a kid. So, like, he relied a lot on his... <laughs> 
family. I love the word playmate. It's That's so stupid. It's straight from the Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like one episode when I was trying to say that, like, uh, this boyfriend and girlfriend were boning, but, like, the internet kept trying to call them lovers. Lovers. They were lovers making love. Gross. <laughs> Gross. So anyway, he didn't have a lot of playmates. He didn't have a lot of playmates. Which makes sense. He had yeah. old ladies who like ghosts. I mean, I guess not a lot of kids in Cottage City, Maryland. So um, he uh, was very upset when Harriet died, and he attempted to contact her through the Ouija board again. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, the family started... For entertainment purposes only, everybody. Right. Episode something. Episode something in the 40s. It's not that long ago. Um, Yeah, it's just a game. Until it isn't. Um, (laughs) That's a long line of our new movie. (laughs) Ghost board. It's about surfing, Ouija, and ghosts. Yeah. And cheese, like a cheese board. Yeah. And then Adam West jumps on it. Remember that? Remember the Batman movie totally when yeah. he's surfing and he fights the shark? Yeah. He's okay. dead, so he'd be perfect in our cast. <laughs> he would be great. Rest <laughs> in peace. All right. So the family starts experiencing strange noises, furniture moving on its own accord, and ordinary objects flying or levitating when the boy, Robbie, was nearby. Oh. Um, these occurrences also followed him to school. Um, at one point, his desk slid around the ro- slid across the room in front of many witnesses. <gasps> Did he get carried? Uh, Did they do a carry no. on him? Invite him to prom like the cutest boy in school. Invited him to prom and covered him in pig's blood. <laughs> Roman no. got carried. He didn't quite get there. Oh, okay. Um, he also complained about nightmares. Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So the family <clears throat> started taking him to a bunch of different doctors and psychologists in this again, That's like a long time ago, this so. is in the 1940s. He so must have been a fucked up motherfucker. This is like 1949. He was born in 1935. Yeah. Yikes. So for them to like, be like our child needs help is either like, they're very ahead of their time or like barbaric. It's fucked up. Yeah. So, um, the doctors really like have nothing for him. They're like, he's totally healthy. Everything's fine. Um, but he has like telekinesis. That's what it appears. Or he's a poltergeist or something. Yeah. Like it appears like there's something like that happening. He's got PK. So (laughs) possibly. I know you told me to shut up. I'm shutting up now. No, no, no. You're fine. Putting my face in my drink. Okay, great. So, um, they then turn to their Lutheran pastor, Luther, um, Miles Schultz. (laughs) For help. Sorry, I just thought that was funny. Their Lutheran pastor. Luther. Luther. <laughs> Luther Schultz. Um, Luther Schultz was actually very interested in parapsychology. Oh. So he asked Robbie to spend a night in his home to absor- observe him. Uh-huh. Sort of the Jerry Sand- Sandusky of a parapsychologist. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Hey, um, parents. No. Just go along with your kids. But he was also a Lutheran pastor, so it's a little bit different than the other I mean. Catholics. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I'm giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. Wow, we're really being controversial. Sorry. We, we are. Not talk I'm about giving him the benefit of the doubt. Because he, hey, kid, why don't you sleep at my house? He might just have wanted to uh, help him, which is what he did. Actually, let's say, let's for the benefit of the doubt, you have to say 100% he invited a child to spend the night at his house because of ghosts. I believe that is a thing. <laughs> He was fascinated by parapsychology. All right. So 
he during this time he claimed that he witnessed objects and furniture <laughs> moving by themselves um there is one report where he said he because the bed kept moving <laughs> stop it <laughs> so he put the mattress on the floor I know it sounds terrible. We're going to get past this part, but I have to tell you this story. He put the mattress on the floor, and while the boy was sleeping on the mattress, the mattress started moving across the room. So he then instructed the family, or advised, that they go consult with a Catholic priest. (laughs) He's like... This is a Catholic problem. Oh my god. Out of the frying pan into the fire. Oh. So the family okay. was like, I'm not gonna laugh anymore, but um Whatever you think. <laughs> so just like didn't work out with this uh pastor, but you spend the night with a priest. So Ooh. according to the traditional story, the boy then underwent a number of exorcisms. So uh, Edward Hughes, <coughs> who was a, a Roman Catholic priest, met with the family, and um, he uh, took Robbie to a Georgetown University Hospital, or to Georgetown University Hospital, which was a Jesuit institution. Um, which, if you know anything about the Jesuits and the Catholics, the Jesuits are a little bit, um, they're sometimes considered to be a little bit radical. Radical! Uh, um, and he conducted an exorcism uh, on Robbie there at this hospital. Um, during the exorcism, <laughs> now he was now when when exorcisms are performed, oftentimes the subject is tied down or strapped down in some way Wait. to uh, restrain them. So during the exorcism, Robbie allegedly slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bedspring from under the mattress and used it as an impromptu weapon, slashing the priest's arm and resulting um, in the exorcism being halted. So uh, there is another report that the word Lewis (laughs) was um, etched on, like, into his body, like... Sure. Like burned or, like... No, like scratched. Like clawed into his body. And Louis, um, L-E-W-I-S, or Louis? L-O-U. And his mother was like, Louis, we're from St. Louis. Is that where we should go? And then it said yes. What a fucking dumb... What, what, what okay, I agree. My lips are buttons. Nope, that's okay. <laughs> I know you're going to have a lot to say about this. Um, so wait, her son gets, like, etch-a-sketched. Mm-hmm. And it says Louis. And her first assumption is like... <gasps> We should go. We should leave Cottage City. What's its fuck? And go to St. Louis, where we are from. I thought they were from Germany. No, they're from a German Lutheran family. Oh. They lived in Cottage City, Maryland. Cottage City, Maryland. But they're from St. Louis. Louis. Got it. Mm -hmm. So off to St. Louis they went to seek the help of different Catholic priests. Smart. Uh, Edward Hughes, it turns out, wasn't. He was a little too young for this because, um, as well, he was the first priest. Oh, the the one in, in at Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, they they think that his his possible um, lack of experience and age was probably what um, stood in the way of him performing a successful exorcism. Sure. Well, and he did it in a hospital. 
Well, right. You know you have to do it in the hall with dimly... Of course. Yeah. The mise-en-scene has to be right for the devil to appear. Of course. So, um, they go to St. Louis. Robbie's cousin contacts one of his professors at St. Louis University, who is Father Raymond Bishop, um, who in turn speaks to uh, Father William Bowdern, who is an associate of College Church. Together, they um, visit Robbie and um, observe a shaking bed, flying objects, the boy speaking in a guttural voice and exhibiting aversion to anything sacred. Um, so they, um, at this point start, uh, documenting everything and write out like everything in a diary, Mm -hmm. everything they see. And it's actually been said to be like very well documented and written out. I haven't seen it obviously, but this is according to the two documentaries I watched today, which were very pro exorcist or pro demons. Um, <laughs> or pro demonic get... possession, like it's a thing that can happen. Were there Warrensism? There were not Warrensisms in them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, this predates the Warrensisms. This does. So Father Bowdern is granted permission from the Archbishop to perform an exorcism. Now you're probably wondering what does it require to perform an exorcism um, from the Church? Now the Catholic Church for many many years disavowed that they had any involvement with exorcisms they wouldn't they they kind of like tried to quiet distance themselves, distance themselves from it and but they it, were lying they were lying because it was absolutely happening in 1999 they actually rewrote the terms and kind of came out and they were like okay yeah this is still a thing that we do but uh-huh. you know here are the parameters so um here are the parameters it must be an ordained priest who is considered to be pious and pure mature in age meaning one of the old guys Approval must come from a local bishop, um, which was surprising to me because I always thought that it had to come down from the Vatican. But apparently, like, a local bishop can be like, yep, signing off on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought the Vatican in some way had to be involved. Not the, po- not, I not think, the Pope, but the Like, the, like a, the regional, cardinal, yeah. yeah. But apparently it's just the local bishop. And they also, um, they claim that it will only be approved after a careful examination of medical exam. Uh, careful examination of like um, medical records and medical history and a possible mental illness. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. I'm not worried. <laughs> so, uh, I just, I, I have opinions formed, but I'm not worried. I know. <clears throat> so the exorcism took place at the Alexian brothers hospital in South St. Louis, Missouri. And another hospital. Yeah. Look at them go. I know. So, um, before it began, another priest, Walter Halloran, um, was called um, called in to assist. And uh, Halloran, um, who I so he was actually featured in both of the document documentaries that I watched. Um, he was like the only living person. I don't know if he's actually still alive because mm. one of like the most recent one I think came out in 2011. Um, he's like living in Wisconsin and being a priest. Um, but he, he states that during the scene, during, um, this exorcism words such as evil and hell, along with other various marks appeared on, uh, Robbie's body. Claws um, or burns. Claws. Okay. Um, you know, why I'm asking, I, I do know why you're asking. Uh, 11- I don't have to like it, but I know about my demons. <laughs> right. 
allegedly during the litany of saints portion of the exorcism ritual, the boy's mattress began to shake. What um, is with this mattress? At one, they should have got him a Tempur-Pedic. I know, right? At one point, uh, Robbie broke Halloran's nose during the process. <gasps> um, he and he didn't remember doing that. Robbie or Halloran? Robbie didn't remember breaking his nose. Like he didn't remember anything. Like he would come out of this trance and be like, sure. "What happened to your nose?" And he was like, "Don't worry about it. Are oh. you okay?" Um, at, he sat down at a desk at one point and wrote, I am the devil himself. In 10 days, I will give a sign. All this happening in St. Louis? This is all happening in St. Louis. Okay. And now the, um, Bowdern, the head priest was like, according to whatever the, the bylaw is that they have to live by, he's like, you can't actually, um, interact with, with Satan. So he couldn't like. He couldn't talk to him and be like, what kind of a sign are you going to give us in 10 days? Like, what's the deal, Satan? Like, are you really the devil himself? Like, so he just kind of like had to ask around it and like talk to Robbie and be like, do you, you know, do you want to be baptized again? And Robbie was like, yes, father, I do. And he was like, cool. So let's do that again. Um, It's not going to be fun for you, but. uh, What does that mean? Because being baptized again, when you're baptized, you have to renounce Satan. So that's like part of like the exercise. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought maybe like he would like burn or like like get all smoky. He was like, like, yeah, he was looking for yeah, good point. So he was looking for ways to like have like the devil come out of him, right? When he was asking him these questions, um, but it was just the kid talking. By the way, if you on the other end of this podcast can hear, um, we have a dog in the corner snoring away. It is so adorable. But if you're picking up that noise, that's not me. That's not my deviated septum. That's, that's a dog. That's a dog. Sorry. He's no, a- never apologize. He's so cute. He has somehow found himself under the rug. And- <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, I was like, I was like, Noel, you're breathing the left. Oh, that's the dog. <laughs> this is actually pretty tame for him. I was a little concerned. He needs one of those machines. He's our house guest this week. He's a actually my dog. A CPAC. But or he C- whatever it is. no longer lives with me because of old age and arthritis. Yours sadly. or his? Both. Um, we both can't get up the stairs together. Uh, Uh, okay. So, so uh, I am the devil himself in 10 days. I will give a sign. Um, so they went through this, you know, whole thing where, uh, what's his face? Uh, father Bowdern was like, will you be baptized? And Robbie was like, yes, baptize me again. They didn't performed another exorcism. Um, they, they performed I don't know the exact number, actually. Maybe I do up here. Sorry. Um, no, it just says a series. Um, and actually, it was reported in... Uh, there were several newspaper articles printed anonymous reports of an alleged possession and exorcism. The source of these reports is thought to be the family's former pastor, Luther Miles Schultz. According to one account, a total of 48 people witnessed the exorcism. Nine of them were Jesuits. Um, which, uh, again, like the Jesuits have had kind of like a tumultuous relationship with the Catholic church. They're yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of the outsiders because they have some pretty, uh, radical beliefs, which are basically just the beliefs of Jesus Christ. Correct. Um, <laughs> no, you, I, mean, I mean, I just want to set the record clear. I, it, makes it, it makes it sound like they're doing something scandalous, but they basically live the Jesuits 
live like an impoverished lifestyle and they right. follow they what they believe to be the path of Jesus rather than living in like palaces and crap um, shit like that. Right. Um uh so after this final exorcism with the baptism involved, um Things seemed to be totally fine. Yeah. And then Father Halloran told a reporter that after the rite was over, the Robbie um, went on to lead a rather ordinary life. From what I know, he uh, finished high school. He went on to be a scientist and lived somewhere in the eastern United States. Like he kept, they kept everything anonymous. Um, like, I don't know how this person got his name um, or like in Wikipedia, it gives his name. Um, so I don't know exactly like if he eventually came out with it, but one of the documentaries I watched, um, they referred to him as Richard, which was interesting. And that one I think was actually combining two different stories, Oh, okay. which was kind of frustrating to me. Cause I was like, well, this is an accurate, like I, I know everything about it, but I was like, but wait, this is from a different one. Uh, so I was getting kind of frustrated cause I felt like they were, if you're going to call yourself a documentary, tell freaking story right you know right um but uh uh well i feel like um and i know you told me to bump my lip but i feel like a lot of times with um exorcisms it's easy to conflate one with another uh because they're so similar that um um yes hold please okay I think we're back. Okay, we're back. Um, All right. Very interestingly, uh, here at the ghost studio, we sort of, uh, we either had um, something totally normal happen or a bit of a paranormal phenomenon. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were in the middle of talking about this, and then my um, Alexa said something. Alexa meaning my Amazon dot. And then a song started to play. Extremely loudly. And I was like, did you play that? It's in a completely different room. It was really weird. And it was a very weird song. Anyway, I'm not, we're not ruffled. Are we ruffled? No, we're not ruffled. But I was, <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, well, so we well, I walked in, with, I walked in there with you for, <laughs> for about 2.5 seconds. We thought we were maybe haunted a little. I was like, I don't really want to go in there by myself. Um, we normally don't record here and uh, we're making an exception tonight because of uh, my senior dog that is staying with us this week so anyway uh sorry for the delay on that that was really bizarre that was a I will say this um I I joke a lot about how I don't get spooked uh and I'm always like touch Noelle's hair but that was really kind of a touch Noelle's hair moment uh yeah so I'm just not gonna let Jay leave today no I have to go I know I know it's that was weird that was you you heard it. We were all, we're almost fifty episodes in, and we've not been haunted. And something really fucked up just happened. Uh, should I not be talking about exorcism? No, well, continue. And see, all right. Well, I don't know. I mean, like if if it happens again, then we'll stop talking about it. <laughs> That's crazy. You know me. I'll do anything twice. I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's basically the gist of the exorcism. Now I want to talk about um some of the criticism of this. So uh. There is this guy, I don't know why I didn't put in his first name. Oh, there it is. Um, his name is uh, Thomas Thomas B. Allen. He wrote the book Possessed, the, the True Story of an Exorcism. Um, 
he argues that Robbie was just deeply disturbed um, and there was nothing supernatural about him. Uh, he, he, he was the one who wrote that um, there was a diary that was kept by <clears throat> Father Bishop and detailed um, the entire exorcism process. Um, in 2013, he uh, emphasized that definite proof that the boy known only as Robbie was possessed by malevolent spirits is unattainable. Um, maybe he instead suffered from mental illness or sexual abuse. I'm like waiting for you to say something. I know. I, I, or, I, I honestly am still a little bit freaked out. It was the, that was really creepy. All the hair on my um, arms are still standing up. Normally, I would make the biggest joke about <laughs> what you just said, uh, as I had done before, but I'm right. sort of, um, I'm just, I'm listening a little bit. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, uh, or it was, he fabricated the entire experience. Um, according to Thomas Allen, uh, Father Halloran also expressed his skepticism about potential paranormal events before his death. Um, when asking it, so, okay, he must be dead. Um, when asked in an interview <laughs> to make a statement on whether the boy had been possessed, Halloran responded saying, no, I can't go on record. I never made an absolute statement about the things because I didn't feel I was qualified. What's interesting about that is that I just, like I said, I just watched two documentaries. Father Halloran is in both of them. And he's like, yes, I watched letters get scratched into this boy's skin. Yes, I experienced him do all of these things. In one of them, he was like, he was possessed. Huh. So, um, it, it, it's just really interesting to me. So, um, I don't know who to believe is what I'm saying. Uh, there's another guy uh, who is another author. His name is Mark Opsasnik. Opsasnik? It's a beautiful name. Sasquatch? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, Family name. He was, he suggests that Robbie was a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or get out of school. Um, he states that Halloran never heard the boy's voice change and that the Latin he spoke, oh, because he would, he spoke like per, perfect Latin, which is a, another common thing that we hear in exorcisms. Uh -huh. um, the Latin he spoke was actually just things that he retained from the clergyman speaking in Latin to him and he just repeated those words. Okay. Um, he also says that, uh, no one checked the boy's nails to see if the markings were self-inflicted, mm, which doubtful. that's an interesting claim to me. <laughs> it's too complex for a 14 year old. I agree. Um, and if there's any, any way that somebody under such dutiful watch, uh, could scratch Lewis on their chest and get away Well, with it. it's also pretty like sadistic to be able to do that to your own body. I mean, I, it, I mean, to do it with your nails. I don't know. You don't think so? Well, maybe I'm just, I'm such a wuss. That would be masochistic. Masochistic, but, that's the word um, I'm looking for. I think if you, here's the thing. Yes, you have to be a fucked up person, but I think at this point, if you're all in, you would just do it. Okay. Like, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it, but I also wouldn't, right. like, fucking get this far. That's all I'm saying. If yeah. You, if, you, if, if, it's, if it's a hoax, I don't know. So uh, it, just, it just seems like a lot of, yeah, it seems like too far for a 14-year-old. It, it does seem like a, a pretty elaborate hoax for a 14-year-old boy to do, which another thing that, like, Opsasnik, God, um, Opsasnik, <laughs> it's a beautiful name. 
another thing that like his research turned up was um, uh, a lot of the commonly accepted information about the story is based on hearsay. It's not documented and was never fact-checked. Um, there's no evidence that Father Hughes visited the boy's home. He was the one who conducted the first exorcism in D.C. Uh-huh. Um, there's no evidence that he went to the boy's home, had him admitted to the Georgetown Hospital, requested that the boy be restrained, attempted the exorcism at the hospital, or was injured by the boy. Which, if you're working out of Georgetown Hospital, you would think that there would be some type of record that yeah, he was admitted. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> there's also, I guess, ample evidence that Father Hughes suffered an emotional breakdown and disappeared from the Codger City community at some point. Now, um, so one, uh, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of switch this up a little bit. So, um, this story you might find to be familiar because it's based, um, it's been the basis of, uh, some other movies and books, namely, um, 1971 or the book in 1971 by Peter Blatty. The Exorcist. Oh, this is who that's... Yeah, so this is based... So Peter Blatty um, based The Exorcist off of this and um, another possession called The Loudon Possessions, which uh, the documentary that I was saying was kind of like a blend of the two, was I think they were blending The Loudon in there as well. Um, So, uh, yeah, and then they... um, made the book into a movie in 1973 starring Linda Blair as Reagan, um, who was the possessed little, who became possessed oh, okay. after playing so this with is all coming together. Cause when I did the Ouija board episode, Ouija boards had been all playtime until this, until this now. Yeah. So Reagan became in the movie possessed after playing with a Ouija board. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the things that she did in the movie were similar things that Robbie allegedly did, um, speak in, um, Perfect Latin, spit at, spit with, I forgot to mention this, the priests were like, uh, and he would spit at us, and he was just on target, like he had perfect, like, trajectory, <laughs> which was really funny to me. Um, she would do that, like, I, he didn't obviously, like, spin his head around 360 degrees or call backwards down the stairs or, you well, know, yeah, you, actually, yeah, yeah. like, attempt to murder think people, and actually, Father Halloran went to go see the movie when it came out with another priest that participated in in it and they were both very upset by it because they were like, this is not accurate at all. Um, this is not at all how it happened. Like it was much tamer than this. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they were actually very upset that like it was so embellished and, uh, not portrayed accurately, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it also inspired the 2000 movie, uh, possessed, um, there's the documentary in the grip of evil, which I mentioned before. And then another documentary in 2010, uh, called the haunted boy, the secret diary of the exorcist, where they actually fi- go through the diary that father Bishop left that one. I couldn't find. Um, and I really want to see it. So, um, I just want to talk about the movie, the exorcist, exorcist a little bit. And then I want to go back to like, kind of the trouble with exorcisms and what was potentially wrong with Robbie. So um, we talked about this a little bit during the Ouija episode, 
with how people reacted to the movie. Um, this movie was so hyped. People were so excited about it. They were lining up around the block for it. It was a really big deal. Um, and then when they got in to see the movie and the movie started, they couldn't handle it. They were fainting. They were vomiting in the theater. It was like nothing they'd ever seen before. It was absolutely terrifying. Which is crazy. And I don't mean to be like a naysayer like I always am on everything. I'm sorry, guys. It's You see it now and it's not like even that big of a deal. I still know people that will, they absolutely, absolutely refuse to watch that movie. They're horrified by it. It's like a lot of shadows and I mean, it's mm-hmm. extremely well done, but not it's particularly. It's scary, but it's, I, I don't know. And I've seen a lot scarier. Um, I, I mean, maybe because it's so psychological. I, I, I don't know. I, I think though. It's one of those movies though. It, it doesn't. I think though, being like growing up Catholic and um, I think that for those people that are like devout Catholics and there is such a threat of Satan entering your life sure. that um, there was an immediate concern. Like if you, if you screw up, you could be possessed. Sure. Yep. I think that's where the hysteria came from. And so what happened actually um, was that uh, there was an influx of confessions. Like mm-hmm. priests were like overworked because Everybody needed to come in and confess. Confess. One church uh, received a request for up to 140 exorcisms afterwards. Oh my God. So there was like everybody, you know, thought that somebody they knew was um, possessed. Of course they did. And so this was kind of like you know the epitome of <laughs> uh, people, life imitating art, I guess. Like yeah. people taking this way too seriously and not being able to suspend reality and recognize that this is not real. So, um, okay. So here's what probably was wrong with Robbie. And I am not a doctor or a priest. Um, <laughs> so I am. Thanks for clarifying for the kids. I am not qualified to actually diagnose him. Yeah. But, um, from what we know now about several illnesses, um, it makes the most sense that, uh, Robbie probably suffered from temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, it's a chronic disorder of the nervous system characterized by recurrent unprovoked focal seizures that originate in the temporal lobe of the brain and last about one to two minutes. Um, it's the most common form of epilepsy. Um, people with, uh, temporal lobe epilepsy may experience simple partial seizure seizures that only affect the temporal lobe or complex partial seizures that is that spread to other regions of the brain. Um, it's typically diagnosed in childhood or by teenage, by the teenage years. Um, it can be caused from a head injury, a stroke, brain infections, structural lesions in the brain, uh, brain tumors, or can be idiopathic and have no apparent cause. Um, so from the description of like people who, who are part of exorcisms and the things that happen to them, it sounds mostly like what they're suffering from is a complex partial seizure. You have something to say. Oh yeah. That, um, epilepsy often, um, turns to schizophrenia, late teens, early twenties. Yeah. That's another thing. So uh, but apparently he's fine if this really happens. He's a scientist. He's a scientist. Um, so 
let me explain what, com so complex partial seizures are seizures which impair consciousness to some extent. They alter the person's ability to interact normally with their environment. They usually begin with a simple partial seizure, which is kind of like the thing we all kind of know a little bit where it's just kind of like your brain kind of stops for a minute and then you go back. Um, then they spread to a larger portion of the temporal lobe resulting in impaired consciousness. They may include, um, uh, autonom I'm sorry, autonomic and psychic features present in simple partial seizures. Signs include motionless staring, automatic movements of the hand, hands or mouth, confusion or, and disorientation, altered ability to respond to others, unusual speech. Mm -hmm. and, it's a bit like a grandma seizure. Right, exactly. Um, transient aphasia, losing the ability to speak, read, or... So, have you actually... I, uh, I'm asking because I have seen. Have you seen someone have a grandma seizure? I have. It is uh, an incredibly tense mm -hmm. thing to witness... Um, Let's say, if you have, if you've never seen it, and you're an able-bodied person, it is, it, in less rational times with less less rational people, uh, it it could be very easy to misinterpret. Mm -hmm. I went to school with a uh, uh, girl who had several middle school uh, grand mal seizures, and they were they were quite something. Mm -hmm. It's terrible, and it's because it, there's not there's nothing you can do. Yeah, to I help mean, them. I, like all you want to do is help this person, mm -hmm. and the best thing you can do is. Like, I actually did not. Them. I was terrified. I did not want to help. I mean, there were adults around to help. Right. I mean, I was a kid. Yeah. But I mean, she was. It was just on the ground. It's very. Uh, it's, lots of screaming, lots of shaking, lots of, um, uh, uh uncontrol of um, one's bladder and mm -hmm. bowels, and I mean, just, just so. Just so you know, like it is, if if you are a very superstitious superstitious person and you've never really seen a grandma seizure before, I would understand how it would look. If if this is your version of hell, how it would look satanic. Yep, exactly. I'm not, I, you know, and, I mean, well, and I'm not, I'm not normally one to acquiesce that point, but I can see, I can see. No, I'm glad you said that because. Um, a lot of like religious people or like very religious people who believe that exorcisms need to happen, believe that epilepsy is actually a, a result of spiritual unrest and that oh, okay. it is actually <clears throat> related to demonic de possession. Like that's their answer rather yeah. than being like, this is a medical condition that we can treat with, um, medication. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, 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 no. This is a cause because you somewhere down the line, um, didn't do something correctly or somewhere like within your family line, sure. like you, you know, pissed somebody off. Um, so, uh, um, da, 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 da. so when, when somebody has these seizures, like you kind of went into this a little bit they're you know, they're gonna, it causes them to undergo mus extreme muscle, muscular rigidity. There's foaming at the mouth mm -hmm. um, and possibly like wild rapid back and forth head movements. So, yes. And like, you would, you would have to, the, the first thing um, now that we know, like with first aid is to make sure that they don't swallow the tongue. And so there is that often like, right. Like, bite down on a pencil or bite down on a leather strap or that kind of thing. Right. Well, and there's a the very popular case of um, Annalise uh, Michael, who was um, uh she uh, is the basis of the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Emily Rose yeah. um, she was German, I believe. Um, and her parents and, and the priest that 
exercised her, like and it was later confirmed that she was epileptic. Um, she would like speak in these like gravelly tones. And that was just kind of like part of her, like the delusion that she was going through because she wasn't getting her medication. Mm. Um, but they actually uh, starved her, dehydrated her. Jesus Christ. Because they kept her in a room because they thought that this demon was like possessing her and that this was the only way to get it out of her, that if they starved her and, you know, kept her tied up, her, her free will would push the demon out. Oh my God. And then they would go through these exorcisms. And the thing that people don't realize about these exorcisms is that they're very physically straining to these people, especially if they are suffering from epileptic seizures. Like that's so. Well, and you have to remember too, that these are children. They're children. I mean, I'm an old person. If someone was like, we're going to strap you down and like do all this shit to you, I'd be like, uh, first of all, no, because I'm an adult. Right. But like, second of all, they're kiddos. I mean, like, like 14, 13, 15. Anytime you hear these mm-hmm. stories, it's like, what a horf, what a horrible thing to do to somebody. If it's... not like not only the physical pain, but also the, the mentality of, fear and these and these kids probably thinking like okay cool i'm i'm satan has me right i mean i don't believe in any of that shit and i'm still like if i if i thought for a moment satan had me i'd lose my fucking mind it's i it makes me wonder like what how do you get to that point uh excuse me like how this is your child i think you start at the point you start at that point, but like, I don't think how you get do you... to it? I think you start there. I because think you start there with a li- with religious fanaticism, and then it ends there. It's it's unbelievable to me that these. It's parents... not something you learn. It's not like well, so well. It's also kind of like another point I have here is um, those people, those parents who are going to exercise the gay out of their child yep. because they think that this is another form of possession. That kiddo, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. That kiddo who, who, whose family killed him. Yes. That's on my list. Um, there are, so I have a list here and I won't go through, um, every single one of them, but, uh, since 1993, there have been, uh, close to 20 deaths due to exorcisms, which is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Because they're basically, so in 1993, Joan Vollmer died of a heart attack induced by her husband and two friends. Awful. Um, uh, because they're like shaking you and like you're, t- they're tying, you're tied down, you're, and you're thrashing. So a lot of this is head trauma too, because you're going to hit your head. Oh on my something. God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 1997 was, um, when Annalise Michael was starved and dehydrated by her parents and priests. Um, in 1997, Brianne Spickard was beaten to death. Um, oh no, I just God. saw Beaten to death by uh, Julianne Olivas and Esther Rebecca Griggs. Um, Did they and, go to prison or are people just like, yeah, ah, these, I don't no, know. no, these people are actually getting like, thank convicted God for it. Um, in 2005, Mauricia, Mauricica, Arena Cornici, a nun, was crucified. The monk what? who led the exorcism only received seven years of imprisonment. He crucified her? He crucified her. That is just... 
disgusting. Um, and again, I'm just kind of skipping around. In 2007, Janet Moses was drowned. Five people were found guilty. In 2007, an unnamed granddaughter was strangled to death by Ronald Marquez. Um, in 2008, Jan David Clark was arrested for killing his wife, Susan K. Clark, who was asphyxiated. Um, in 2008, Evelyn Vasquez was fatally slashed by her mother, Nellie Vasquez Salazar. Uh, in 2012, Latifa Hachmi was tortured to death over a period of one month. Um, this one, I, this one I forgot about. In 2014, Narell Harris and Diana Harris were stabbed to death by their mother. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Zakela Avery. Um, in 2015, Jacqueline Sanchez died from cardiac arrest during an exorcism in San Ignacio, Bolivia. Uh, she had, she also had bruising, bruising and lacerations. Um, in 2015, 2015, like this is yeah, crazy that this yeah. is still happening. German police arrested five unidentified South Korean family members in connection with exorcisms. Two other identified South Korean women were found, one dead and the other injured. The victims were bound, gagged, and beaten for hours. The survivor was also suffering from hypothermia. In 2016, Jack uh, Jayan Bandy, a five-year-old boy, was beaten and strangled to death in the Philippines during an exorcism ritual inside a church by three relatives who were later arrested. Oh, my God. And in 2017, Vilma Trujillo Garcia was burned to death after being thrown naked into flames during an exorcism ritual in Nicaragua. Okay, everybody, Stop. So this is a real thing and that also, people are still doing in 2017. I have two, is, two points to make. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> and then the second point is stop. It's, it's t- horrible. I know I've said this on this program before, but like wherein there is religious zealotry, there is utter violence and terrifying ramifications to being different or being other. Um, we find it in, in, in the persecution of uh, witches. We find it in the persecution of, um, the, let's say, people with mental uh, uh, disabilities. Um, it's extraordinary. It, when you were like, how do you get there? You start there. Yeah. So religion, knock it the fuck off. Yeah. I mean, the fact that like all of these people were murdered because it's murder. Let's call it what it is. It is murder. They were murdered by their family. It's disgusting. Is horrible. And that, yeah, like that you can take a five-year-old boy. No. And be like, you're evil. Listen, I have a five-year-old. She's evil. No, she's wonderful. She's she's a wonderful person. But there are moments where I'm like, and my husband and I have joked about this before, where I'm like, she is possessed today. She is certainly possessed because kids have so many emotions and they have so many things going on. They can't like figure it out and they lose their minds sometimes. And, and so like they, they just go a little crazy. Yeah. And it looks like they're possessed. Well, they have no filter and their prefrontal cortex is just like zooming along. They have zero short-term memory and their long-term memory. I mean, like, like to us as adults, why we can't understand that they're spazzing at the smallest thing is because we know from the time that we've spent on earth is this too shall pass. Right. Right. Where they don't know that they have no ability. To, if, if something terrible is happening to them, they're like, well, this is it. Yeah. 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 They, they just, they don't have the wherewithal to be like, Oh, sometimes bad things or so, you know, sometimes 
we all have to crowd into a crawl space because there's a tornado. Right. They're not going to wig out. I mean, like an adult isn't going to wig out and think I will live here forever. No. A child will freak the shit out and be like, we will live here forever. So I'm going to have a temp. I'm going to have a tantrum. Exactly. Anyway, this is very disturbing to me and I don't like it at all. No, it's terrible. And it's, it's, it, that was the most alarming thing when I kind of, cause I started off with this story, uh, cause I am interested in it. And then I was like, well, I want to talk about why this is not a good practice and why it's really bad for people. And like, we don't really know the truth of Robbie. If that is his real name. Right. If he did survive, if he did go on to live a good life, um, because the majority of the time when people are a subject of an exorcism, they have, um, there's a huge aftermath. There's a, a, a flurry of problems that they encompass because they're not treated for their mental illness uh, or their physical ailment or whatever it is. And so they continue to live this life either trying to hide like whatever illness that they have or they die or they're put into some kind of nursing home or something. But they're still like, around those same fucking people that pretend to love right. them. They, those family members that are systemically, systematically abusing them mm-hmm. in the name of Christ. And they also think that there's something wrong with them. Oh, for sure. They think that they're possessed or like they truly believe that like this is inside of me because that's all they know. And again, like they're usually oh. children. It's I hate horrible. Okay, I buttoned my lip for, for Lana. I know. I did a good job, though. You right? did. You did. I was like, you're going to hate this so okay. much. Well, you were right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I wasn't, I, did, I didn't, I I think I behaved. Yeah. I'm also going to watch The Exorcist after this. Yeah. On the re-list and we'll see if I actually behaved. But I think I did a, a good enough job you until the end. You killed it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, <laughs> several things happened. Uh, one, and he's up now. Look how cute he is. We had a, a snoring dog through all of this. So if you hear that, that's not just uh, me and Noel heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, we had <clears throat> technical dif- difficulties in another room that may be paranormal. <laughs> TBD. I'll keep you all posted. <laughs> Probably not, but um, you know what? You get you get people talking about ghosts and uh, and the dark of night, and they get a little weirded out. Yep. So that happened. And then, uh, <laughs> then we were talking about, uh, honestly, the cruelty of exorcism and religion. And yes. so that in summary is where we are with that. Noel, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Who are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Gesto's Malbec plus Malbec, whatever that means. Yep. And I'm drinking all day IPA because um, I can do it all day. And um, after the story, I'll probably have to keep drinking all day. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. So you have been listening to high spirits, the show in which uh, we talk about demons. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the show <laughs> in which uh, my best pal and I uh, drink spirits and we talk about spirits. Noah has one last really, I don't know if she, honestly, I don't know I don't, if I don't I think get it. any terrible, any more terrible than what's <laughs> happening. But no, no, I'll go ahead and say that terrible thing. Sweet dreams. <laughs>